What is up and welcome to the Beware the Bay podcast today. We're going to be talking about three Buccaneer wins in a row, what we loved from the game this weekend, and how we can make it four wins in a row versus the Lions this weekend, all that and more on today's podcast. Bucks fans, my name is Micah Frank, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Brandon, Uncle B. Ricketts. We are recording on the Wednesday after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' third win in a row. That win, of course, came uh, on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm pumped, man. How are you feeling? Oh, man, it was a it was a win. It's a win. I'm just <laughs> going to leave that there. It was a win. I was a... Uh, I was kind of shook at first as most bucks fans were those first two drives weren't the prettiest drives ever but we got out of it and we got that dub so but in the end it didn't really matter because the minnesota vikings decided to just go ahead and win and ruin the rest of our season so there's that as if kirk cousins hasn't already broken my heart enough you like that yeah, you know, as if that game wasn't already enough, he had to just rub it in our faces. Of course, Brandon is is spitting straight facts. The Bucks are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but that does not stop my enthusiasm. What an awesome, crazy, weird, ugly. bizarre, ugly, ugly, terrible, but great at times. It's just, it was a crazy game, so I'm going to jump right into it. This is our tradition every single week. We have our one word and our immediate reaction I'm going to give mine, I may be stealing this from you, but uh, I, I'm going to say it anyway, roller coaster. I don't know if that was your word, but that's my word, roller coaster. And I've seen a lot of people um, from the various blogs and news sources use this terminology. It couldn't be more spot on. I mean, what a crazy game. I experienced, Brandon, 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 I experienced the range of emotions. If you can imagine, I was distraught over the turnovers. I was ticked at the secondary I was frustrated with our pass rush, but at the same time, I was happy when, you know, how we kept battling back with this resiliency and, and we kept coming back. I was stoked when Devin White, you know, made that play. I mean, when Mike Evans got the, the bomb touchdown, I did, James put it right in his break basket. Man, I was hyped. I experienced the range of emotions. The point is, is that it was a roller coaster of a game. And, um, man, my emotions alongside the score kept going up and down and up and down and up and down. So, um, <laughs> man, it was a crazy game. Uh, do you have your one word and in, in your immediate reaction? I think you kind of stole it. It was a roller coaster type of emotions. Um, uh, and honestly, it really was because you can't tell me that within that first couple seconds of that drive, James is throwing that pig. You're just like, oh, here we go again. And then the next drive, uh, Ogumpalot Wale. Uh, fumbles the ball you know I'm sorry yeah it to me it it was like oh all right this is not how we wanted to start out because you know the I honestly thought was like all right this was gonna be a tough game for us because you know that Indianapolis defense was an a roller coaster defense itself so um we had our battles it wasn't a pretty game Mm -hmm. so it was just a roller coaster of emotions and you know i you hit it right on the head it was just a roller coaster game yeah it it really was and and i feel like all of our expectations they kind of went out the window uh especially after like you said those those initial drives where the bucks just we could not string any good decisions together um you know we i think ba said it after the game he said he's he's really starting to enjoy coaching the the nicest team in the league, and of course he was referring to how the Bucks tend to gift other opponents ten to fourteen to seventeen points to start a game just to come back and beat them, and that's a, that's the trend lately. Um, that hasn't always been the trend in Bucks history. Of course, you know long-suffering Bucks fans know that you know, sometimes we give up those leads, and then maybe we even come back, but then we lose it right at the very end, and it yeah. breaks our hearts even more. Now I've been very grateful that we've been able to pull it out and get wins. And and I don't know about you, Brandon, but I'm just having a better week because of it. I know that that maybe <laughs> sounds, a, that sounds a little shallow. I know football is very important to me, and I'm sure it's very important to all of our listeners. Um, but it just feels better when you win. And I think the Bucks are finally experiencing that in a lot of ways. And so, yes, it was a roller coaster. But when you come out with the W in the win column, that feels pretty good. Yeah, and I said it last week, and you know, people are probably gonna come at me later tonight when we go to our predictions. But I kind of came out and said this might be a be our loss that kind of ends our streak because 
the Indianapolis Colts were a team that was unsure of because of injuries and unfortunately mm-hmm. injuries just kept plaguing them and kind of rubbed off on us and we kind of just barely made it out I want to mm-hmm. say but you know we made it out with the W and um it was a good win um it wasn't a great win but it was a good win yeah yeah I'm with you well, um, I, you know, as it was a win, we want to like highlight uh, most of the highs from the game. Of course, we have our tradition of lows and highs, and um, usually when we win, we'll start with the lows and get them out of the way, and then go on to the highs. So I, I say we keep that rolling. You know, we're, we keep yeah. that rolling just like the Bucks do. So, um, yeah. Do you want to start with your lows? I don't. Want, I don't want to. I, I took yeah. roller coaster, so you start with lows. <laughs> I'll go with the low, and um, I. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit more later, too, when we talk about news. But um, let's talk about the uh, injury bug that kind of just, like, slapped our team in the face. Uh, you know, I know it's late in the season, but, you know, the injury bug has finally caught up to the Bucks, And luckily, we're not on a run for the playoffs anymore. Um, but, you know, at a time like this where we've lost a couple players, you know, midseason, now at the end of the season, um, it stinks to know that, you know, okay, we're starting to – the injuries are starting to catch up to players and um, especially two key players right now. Um, but that was one of my lows. And I just like, don't know if it's just health wise of what the coaching staff is doing, but like, got to get on that TB 12 treatment, man. You know, <laughs> uh, you got to get, got to eat that avocado ice cream or something like, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, it, I think the injury bug was probably like a low for me. Like, you know, there wasn't too much to grab from, from the game as a low, but, uh, we can always pick on turnovers and things like that, but the, I think the injury bug kind of was like a low because once Evans left the game, the offense kind of struggled for a little bit mm-hmm. before it finally picked back up again. Yeah, and and like you said, um, you know, re- he's referencing the injuries we experienced in the game. Of course, our star, star wide receiver, arguably top three in the league, Mike Evans, after catching his sixty-one or sixty-three yard touchdown, sixty-one. 61 um, he came up limping, and it was it was that hamstring that he's had trouble with um, in the last couple of years. And so, Bucks fans hate to see that. But like you said, the saving grace here is that we are so close to the off season. And you know, per Pewter report, they were saying that hamstrings are usually like a three to four, three to five week thing. So yes, it's season ending. But it, it, even if it was in season, it was it wouldn't have been season ending. So it's not it's not the kind of severity that you need to worry about long term. Um, but it's it's sad and and we want to keep winning and and so it puts pressure on Chris Godwin who I think is a bona fide number one wide receiver on on this team but on on a lot of other teams you know I joke and I say we have two number one wide receivers on our team and it's true the numbers he puts up the production but when you're getting doubled like Mike Evans it means that all the other guys have to step up doesn't it and uh, we'll yeah. get to talking about that in just a minute um, but the, there were a couple other injuries we had um, Donovan Smith got banged up a little bit. I think he's going to be good to go. I mean, it, what's crazy is he goes out for a couple of, I think a series or a couple of plays. Jameis gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I've i been a um, critic of Donovan Smith in the past. I think we both have. I think yeah, we, we both have. have. And he's actually shown that he's played pretty good this year. And so I'm, I'm grateful that he hasn't rested on his laurels after the big contract. And um, I'm grateful that we have him on our team. So he got banged up. And then the big one is Jameis Winston with his thumb. And we are going to talk about that at the end of the podcast, what we think the Bucks should do, um, not necessarily what they will do. Because, um, you know, Brandon, he, he injured this thumb. And it was kind of a weird timing, wasn't it? It was like um, right after halftime, we see Ryan Griffin trotted out on the field. And I'm kind of thinking in my head, did Bruce Arians really just bench Jameis? No. It was a, a, a small fracture in his thumb. And so he played through that, actually. And so he had... Um, uh, I think uh, kind of his his finger was wrapped up at the jamboree last night. Anyway, long story short, Mike Evans, um, you know, uh, I think he's out for the season. That's confirmed. Donovan Smith should be good to go. But Jameis is the only one that's kind of a little up in the air. Um, so what do you what do you think uh, you know about those injuries and and how that impacts um, the Bucks this this next week? Um, so let, I'll start with the wide receivers, and you know we have had a wide receiver core who has been on a hot streak, regardless if Mike Evans and uh, Godwin have been on a roll. Uh, Bashar Perryman, he's been having a, a 
fire couple of games the last couple of games and he was having a sluggish start to the season and I, you know he was one of the guys that people were like oh we should cut him you know mm-hmm. we should cut him glad we kept him around because now we're out without mike evans for the last next three games and you know if we're gonna try to win which i don't see us trying to tanking you know as i know that hate you, you know you hate to hear the word tank but I think the culture has finally turned here. The tides have turned here in Tampa where we're finally on a change to where it feels like the old bucks back in like the 99 season. I think you said er, you mm-hmm. texted it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels like that and it, it really does. But, you know, you also have, you know, um, Sammy or, oh, shoot, the two wide receivers that – also, uh, Justin Watson and Scotty Justin Miller. Watson, Scotty Miller. There you go. I was uh, those two guys. Thank you. Those two guys. You know, they also stepped up. Mm-hmm. You know, within the last couple of weeks too, and they've p- p- done pretty well. And to me, it's good to see that. Okay, yeah, we have two number one wide receivers, like you said, but now we have depth in mm-hmm. that you know wide receiver core, which we haven't in the past. So that was good to see. Jameis, on the other hand. That's that was a really scary mm-hmm. moment for Bucks fans because someone else in our division just had almost a similar issue with his thumb, and he is an elite quarterback. The name's off the tip of my tongue, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, and he was having a hard time gripping the ball, and he was out for a, almost a month and a half. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, I'm just like, oh, yikes! I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I was like, this is not going to be good. So. I don't know. I think he'll play. Um, last time I last time I heard uh, last report we I, I read was he was gonna play, but mm-hmm. that's neither here or there. It's Wednesday. I think to me, he shouldn't. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, and and like we said, we'll get into what we think we should we what the Bucks should do um, right at the end of the podcast. Uh, but yeah, it looks like Jameis is slated to play as far as uh, the Bucks information that they're giving us. But again, it's Wednesday, so things could change by Friday. Uh, but yeah, man, that's a low. So um, let's go ahead and well uh, move on to another low from the game. And I don't want to hit, um, you know, I'm going to skip Jameis for now. I'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, the secondary, um, man, they they got torched all day long, man. Uh, it was a tough tough game for the secondary, specifically guys like Andrew Adams. He's just he's not a starting caliber corner or safety. Um, just really any anywhere in the backfield, just not not a starter. And you know, to to see him continue to get uh, reps and to con- continue to get burned, letting up big plays, not being in the right position, that's um, frustrating. And but even it wasn't just him either. I mean, Carlton had some boneheaded plays. You know, letting yeah. people get wide open behind him because he, you know, you're you're in the red zone and you you're biting on an underneath play. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And then you let a guy get wide open in the end zone. Then you had the um, the big play where where Dean um, he he basically tackled the guy right for the defensive pass interference. Um, and and then um, and at the end of half, uh, Dean dropped on the inside route and Whitehead took the go route and it ended up being a forty yard pass and it it gifted the Colts three points. And so it's just plays like that that you you get frustrated with because you saw a lot of improvement especially in a game like, you know, against Atlanta. That was a game where the secondary really excelled, and that's against Matt Ryan in, in a far better receiving core. On a good day, on the healthiest of days, yeah. the Colts' receiving core doesn't really even compare to Julio Jones and, you know, Calvin Ridley and all those guys in Atlanta. So, But but yeah, go, go but, but but what I said last or what I said last week during the show was Jacoby Bursette you know, I think if he would have had a little bit more time during the offseason playing QB1, you know, versus thinking he was going to be a backup the rest of the season, just letting Andrew Luck retiring on the last game of the season, keep creating that chemistry. I really thought Jacoby, Jacoby per se is a great quarterback, or I'm not you know, good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. He, mm-hmm. He's got to develop more. But I really thought to this game, which he did, he really kind of balled out and really had himself a have a day and he had a defense to help him with it and they only lost by you know a couple you know really one score you know if you really dwell on it just a little bit but I think Jacoby Brissett really kind of 
played the Bucks defense, the young secondary that we have, and he went back and said, "Look, this is young secondary. I, I've been playing behind Tom Brady before. You know, I I sat there and watched Andrew Luck before. I can eat this Bucks defense, and that's what he did Sunday. That's yeah. exactly what he did. Both quarterbacks, really. I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, the and the guys on the broadcast were talking about Jameis, and Jameis ate." I mean, he he had a career day too, and we we we're not talking about James right now. But the point is, is that neither neither defense played um, maybe up to the caliber that they've played in in other games. But uh, one point I was going to make was yes, as bad as the secondary played, and as many kind of chunk key plays that they they gave up. You know, you also look at a game like the San Francisco Saints game. And all the Saints fans I talked to were just sick because they didn't win that game. But I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, dude, you know, the 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 49ers are really good. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of defense played in that game, but it's two teams kind of equally matched up, just kind of going at it. You know what I mean? And in the heat of a game, when the team has momentum, you know, it can be difficult to stop. You start to get, you know, a step ahead of the defense, two steps ahead of the defense. And what, what can happen on Sunday is the secondary that had been really blossoming and playing very well, you know, struggled um, against Jacoby Brissett. And as they built momentum and rhythm and those kind of things, they, they just started to, to go off on our defense. And so I think it's just growing pains. You know, I think we have a really good core, and those things will they'll get fixed. But they, they do deserve to be on the lowest list just for, uh, for not necessarily playing up to what I know that they're capable for. Yeah, absolutely. You want to put so you wanted to put you have them on the list, and then you wanted to put uh, Jameis Winston on the list. Um, do you yeah. want to kind of explain that a little bit? I do, and if if you're okay with it too, we can use this as our segue because you know uh, he is both on my lows and my highs list again this week. And yeah, absolutely. It it is so baffling to watch this guy play. I I saw a stat come out on. Um, the gridiron, which I think is the Bleacher Reports football Instagram and, and social. And it was like, Jameis is currently, you know, really close to leading the NFL in touchdowns, yards, and interceptions. Well, no, he's leading the NFL in interceptions, but he's like number two in the other two categories. It just shows how good and how t- bad he is on any given Sunday. And on Sunday, he showed both the good and the bad. I mean, I, what I call him is he was the hero and he was the villain on Sunday because he put the Bucks in the holes that they had to climb out of. You know, um, he had three picks. And I'm, you know, I'm, I really do want to be kind of done with making excuses for the picks because they just are what they are. And if you look at any other quarterback who I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say is average, but maybe just think like middle of the pack to like, upper echelon of the middle of the pack in the in the NFL, they don't do this kind of thing. I mean, the only other quarterback you can compare him to is, is like Brett Favre, historically, you know? And and I know that um, there were some stats put about, about Peyton Manning early in his career. And we'll see. We'll see if Jameis ever turns the corner. But he, he's just so um, streaky. He, he has the good. He has the bad. And on Sunday, you know, his his three turnovers, the the Colts turned those into 14 points and were a missed field goal away from turning them into 17 points, scoring on every one. So, you know, he he definitely put the Bucks in in a hole for most of the game, and and I think that he he had to be the hero to dig us out of that hole. And I'm not going to take that away from him. I'm I'm going to give him props, but we do have to talk about the bad first. No, absolutely, and um, yeah, I mean, but. You also have to look back when he played, like I said before, when he played for uh, Florida State. You know, he, he was a turnover machine there. So there was that. But going to the plus side of him, he took a team that after throwing multiple, 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 multiple interceptions, he went out and, like, he turned that team around and was balling out. Like, he was trying to keep his team in regardless, his, or regardless of his defense helping him. You know, he, right. the team wasn't playing complimentary football this week. It really wasn't. It was kind of more offense versus anything else this week, which stinks. But he kept us in the game and gave us that W. So he is a high. Now, with the injury that he got during the game, does that hurt his chances of getting his extension, you know, contract, whatever? No. Mm-hmm. I'm, my opinion, no. And you probably hear it from other people too. No, I think he's already earned his respect as 
our starter for maybe another year mm-hmm. until they decide, okay, can he clean up clean it up a little bit more underneath Bruce Arian? Right. Um, because it looks like he can. I just got to get that offensive line protect him because it's causing some injuries this year. Yeah, and, and I guess as far as injuries concerned, you know, like we said, he, he has been hit a lot this season. He's been sacked. I think it's the top three quarterbacks. He's in the top three of sacks. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's there's a part of it that's offensive line protection, but it's also, you know, a new system. Um, it, it's it's getting used to that. Uh, Bruce Arians quarterbacks, two kind of historical trends that we've seen in every Bruce Arians offense. It's his quarterbacks getting pummeled, okay? And it's also they have a hard time in their first year in this in this particular system. For whatever reason, the amount of decisions they have to make, the complexity, you know, are they on the same page with the wide receivers who are reading the safeties and they're cutting in when Jamie thought they were going to cut out? His anticipatory throws, staying in there, letting long uh, routes develop. It's it's kind of you assumed that Jameis would actually end up throwing more picks this season, but you hoped for the upside of Bruce Arians being able to maybe help him with the mental game. Well, that hasn't necessarily shown, and yet I don't I don't know that that will ever really completely get out of his blood. He's a gunslinger, right? And you get the bad, but you also get the really good with the gunslinger. And just kind of to give, you know, folks a just a, a review of the holes that Jameis created for the Bucks and then the ones he dug us out of. So he, he put us in the hole. He was the villain, but he was also the hero and clawed us back out. So let me just let me just give a little review from the game, okay? After a terrible pick on the first drive, he made a spectacular floater throw to Perryman to keep the drive moving. That ended that in— That he fumbled. No, Perryman didn't fumble. Oh, no, Perryman. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the— Ogumba Wale. Yeah, the little shovel pass that he did. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, so on this particular drive, um, he and then Perriman, you know, caught it kind of one-handed. He, great catch. Jameis, um, ended up. I believe we ended up either running that in uh, on that. Yeah, I think we ran that in on that drive. Entered a touchdown. Okay. Then after the pick six, Jameis drives the Bucks down in two-minute offense and has this crazy like Roethlisberger-esque play where he's like bounced around like a pinball. He somehow is is free on third down and throws it to Justin Watson for the first down. They'd go on to score that uh, for a touchdown. Then uh, later in the game, right after Devin White had this the big force fumble, I think that was the play, you know, that kind of turned the game around in some ways. Um, then you know, right after that, Jameis throws high and behind Prashard Perriman, and you know that kind of then that was picked off, right? Um, and um, so then when the uh, the Colts missed the field goal, right, Jameis takes the Bucks on uh, 63 yards and places this beautiful clutch throw, you know, right where only Perriman can get it. That was the picture I posted up to social today. It was it was beautiful. So each time he messed up, he also made up for it. He was the villain, but also the hero. And, you know, for Jameis, he had a career day. He had 456 yards, five total touchdowns, one on the ground four in the air just fantastic day if you take away like three or four bad throws he had one throw that should have been a pick but um three went on the stat sheet so yeah man it was a bad day but also a good day for james winston oh that was a good day you want to talk about another good day you want to talk about another good day tell me about it how about bashar perryman is this guy like back or what let's talk about my guy for a second this guy I don't know. I don't want to say he's all the way back. No, I'm going to say he's all the way back. He's had three great games the last couple of weeks, and he has literally shown why he was originally picked, you know, number, you know, number one in a draft or for mm-hmm. the Ravens back mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, but he's definitely shown why he deserves to still be in the league, regardless if he's a two or a three or a one. Um, definitely can still go out there and ball and make plays where – you know, you still have some players that I'm not going to name any players. AB <clears throat> um, can't, you know, decide whether he wants to spend money or play football. So, you know, um, but Bashar Perryman had a day. It, it was beautiful to see. What about what? What do you think about uh, Bashar Perryman? I I liked it, and I have you know kind of the Justin Watson, OJ Howard, Perryman, all them all stepping up. That's actually another one of my highs. So. And I'm right there with you, man. He, he ended the day with 70 yards on three receptions and a touchdown, Perriman did. And that touchdown came exactly when we needed it, right? Um, then Justin Watson had 59 yards on 10 receptions and a touchdown. 
And then O.J. Howard showed up too with 73 yards on four receptions. You you felt like um, even when Godwin was getting way more attention after Mike Evans went out that we had a bunch of viable options for James to throw to. And in the last, you know, I don't know, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, it seemed like we've only really had two options to throw to, hasn't it? It's been like, okay, it's either going to go to Mike or it's going to go to Chris. You know, it just felt very, you know, limited on our offense. Even though we have all these playmakers, it seemed as though we, we weren't using them as frequently. Well, in this game we did, and we had to. We needed it. You know, Chris Godwin was getting a lot more attention and we needed these guys to step up, and they did. Prashard Perriman being, you know, of course the one to score the go-ahead touchdown. So props to him, man. He's had a tough year um, other than the last couple of weeks. A lot of people calling for you know him to be cut for a potential compensatory pick. I I actually was in favor of that potentially, um, but obviously he proved yes, me. I know he, you were. Yeah, he proved. Yes, he, I know you. He proved me wrong. Mm-hmm. You proved me wrong. Good. Well, you you, did, you didn't I, do anything, but Brashard. Did. I didn't. I didn't do anything. I just said it. You know, I was like, oh, we need to hold on to this guy because at the time, you know, we weren't sure what our other backups were gonna do because mm-hmm. we hadn't really seen game time from him. Because like you said, it was the Godwin Evans show, mm-hmm. and that's all we had really seen all season. We didn't even see. O.J. Howard or Cameron Brait, which I'm glad you brought up O.J. Howard because you know he himself has had a great couple of games these last couple of games, mm-hmm. your last couple of weeks. Um, he was struggling for a while there, so that was good to see. Um, even then, you know uh, Justin Justin Watson, right? You mm-hmm. added him too. Who? <laughs> it's like you know, it's like it's like who are you know, it's like who who are these guys that were playing football for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that have a basically a number two offense in the league and weren't struggling at all they were pretty much plugged in like they were one two you know receivers and like they were playing all season it was beautiful definitely man just what a great great sunday in a lot of ways uh for for a lot of people on our team i want to hit some rapid fire uh before we move on um so uh, i'll give you just a few rapid fire and then maybe we'll end talking about culture before we move on does that sound good Sounds good. Okay. Matt Gay, perfect on the day. One for one on field goals, five for five on extra points. What would you think? Oh, absolutely. Did better than Adam Vinic. Oh, he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one of you my predictions. talk about that? <laughs> no, I don't want to talk. One of my predictions was a missed field goal from Adam Vinatieri, and, and God, um, he got me. He missed the whole game. He, no, he, he missed the whole game. He didn't miss just an extra point. He missed the whole game, brother. <laughs> I, got, I, I played myself. Anyway, okay, Devin White. White hadn't made much noise in the day until the big forced fumble. What'd you think? Uh, turned the game around. Really did. Kind of kept us, you know, kept us alive and kept us breathing. Mm-hmm. Kept okay. us, uh, kept kept them uh, without a loss or making my prediction right, <laughs> more or less. Yeah, there you go. Um, okay, Shaq Barrett uh, comes between uh, one sack uh, before breaking or actually before tying uh warren sapp's single season franchise record what do you think beautiful i think he's gonna break it next week he should have broken this week but you know facts are facts and uh we had a so 15 and a half he's at so just almost there almost there okay last last one before we get on to culture uh bradley pinion almost hitting uh quentin nelson with a uh football that was beautiful i'm glad you brought this up i am so glad you brought this up listen that time is where those players come out if People don't see it, but what they do is the players go out before mm-hmm. they open the gates, and they're over there warming up before we see them in their pads and helmets and everything. And the video that we that I saw from Twitter was him walking up, kind of just slapping them in the hand. You know, it's like, hey, watch out. And then the next minute, you just see another video of him picking up the ball that almost landed next to him again and just putting the ball away. And I was dying. I was like, hmm. I don't know if Bradley's like just toying with him or what, but it was perfect. It was just, it was excellent. It was so funny. <laughs> Apparently, you know, he, he was punting in an errant punt. I think it said it hit Quentin Nelson uh, the first time. And so then he goes over, has some words with Bradley. Bradley apologizes. Listen, I almost got hit. Uh, I was on the, I was on a uh, walk in the South end zone and I was, they were doing an extra point. Who was Connor Barth was still with us. And he missed a field goal, and when it landed, that ball hit the ground like right next to me, and it was just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh 
no. That yeah. was like this close to me. I was like, that sounded like it would have hurt. Well, I, I'm I'm for the theory that, you know, that he was just trying to get in Quentin Nelson's head, which obviously worked. You know, the Bucks obviously won. So, you know, kudos to Bruce Arians for, for drawing up a great play for our punter. So, you know, I, I give it, I'll give it up to uh, Bradley on this one. Absolutely. All right. So culture change or, or culture, like, you know, is that a high for you? What you it want to is. Talk about? Yeah. Let's end on this. So I want to talk about the culture. I really, truly feel like the culture, the mentality of our team, the toughness, the resiliency, it's beginning to finally turn the corner and, and turn the tide. I, I think in some ways you look at the Buccaneers and uh, truth be told, we, we have a, a legacy of losing in a lot of ways. We did have, you know, those spectacular years and we've had, we've had a smattering of success throughout our history. But when people look at us, they don't always look in the most positive way. There's almost a psyche that comes along with um, who the Bucks are, but also in the Bucks locker room, right? We haven't, we haven't been, we've been, oh man, I hate to say it. I'm such a fan. We've been losers the last, specifically the last couple of years in that culture. We've been L7 wieners. It, it is what it is. I, no, I'm <laughs> cutting that out of the audio pocket. Anyway, um, no, it, we we have. And so the culture, you, you, you think it's crazy when you first hear it, like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, these are professional athletes. They'll come in. They'll do whatever. It's a real thing. And leadership, defining what the culture is, nurturing the right culture, you know, celebrating the things that are important, saying you need to cut that out to the things that are not. You know, I heard – Bruce at the podium. Of course, it's not very, you know, it's not very PG, and and we're a, you know, we're a family family podcast, so we won't repeat it word for word. But he said, you know, is he was talking about the culture of losing in in uh, the the Bucks franchise, and he said, uh, we ain't tolerating that anymore. So Beep. you know, just uh, fill in the blank. Um, that is the the kind of attitude, the kind of mentality that we needed, and the one that I was really hoping we would get from Bruce. I think that we're we're beginning to turn that corner. Do you do you feel the same way? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, but here's my this is my concern now. Okay, here we are. We're on the on our way to having a winning season. Okay, I'm putting it out there because there is a chance that we do finish at or above 500 for the first time since 2016, if I'm correct. Don't. So, it but that 2016 season we missed the playoffs. If if I'm yeah, not yeah, mistaken, because yeah. we lost we lost to Dallas and we lost to New Orleans. Right now, after that, we went on another losing streak. So, how much does that affect? If Bruce Arians can come in and be like, "Listen, guys, we finished strong. We're gonna come back in 2020, where the Super Bowl is in our in our front yard, and we're gonna go out there and we're gonna fire those cannons all season long." That's what we need to hear from Bruce because. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl is coming to Tampa next year. Yeah. It would be nice to have the Super Bowl with the Bucks in it in Raymond James Stadium with that pirate ship there. Now, you know, regardless, they probably won't fire the cannons because the Bucks there, but I would be the one that would be like, fire the cannons! (laughs) (laughs) I would would definitely be buying a ticket to that game or, you know, a a wealthy aunt or uncle would be purchasing it for me. That's either way. Um, But (laughs) I think you're, you're, you're so right in... You, you, what you're talking about too is momentum, and we're going to talk about at the the end of the podcast what we think you know should be done with injuries. But what plays into that too is how do we want to finish the season? There are some teams that I truly believe in are their players have checked out, and they just have accepted the fact that they're bad. They are losing season. The draft is you know next season whatever. That's what they're thinking about. That's what what fans of those fan bases are thinking about. Guess what, guys? We didn't make the playoffs. So what? Let's win these three games here at the end of the year and show what we can do. The The season in which we won nine and seven games with Dirk Cutter was a mirage. It was a crazy run. I got to go to one of the games. It was awesome when we beat Seattle. It was, that was great, but it was a mirage in a lot of ways. It, that we, we weren't really a nine and seven team. This year, if we get to nine and seven, we are legit a nine and seven team because we've fought for wins. We've been resilient. We've overcome adversity. And I think it just shows the culture that we're building here in Tampa Bay. Yeah, man. All right, so let's get on to this week's game. And this week, a team that is struggling very, very hardly, Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. 
are coming to town or no we're going up we're going up north we're going we? to detroit yep we'll be in michigan yeah we are going we're going we're going to michigan it's going to be in the dome the four dome a lot of history in that building a lot of history now the detroit lions are also a old division rival of ours back when we were playing in their division so you know we still have some history with them but they are just a terrible 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 team they're, i mean they're horrible you, after that tie against Arizona week one, I was just like, all right, you would think they would get back on track, get back on track, get back on track. Mm, no, sorry. Um, I, don't, I think that beard needs to go and the pencil needs to come out of the hat because something's not going right there in yeah. Detroit. And I don't want to say it's the quarterback situation because Stafford has done great playing in the league versus all the other quarterbacks that have played around him so to say in that division north well and and you if he was healthy i would i would agree with you but he's not and i think that's the biggest problem with detroit so they're three nine and one with the one tie like he said coming against um you know the cardinals in week one it's weird um they're in the cellar of the nfc north um you know, but even more important, we're not. You know, we're not. We're number two in the NFC South. Um, even more important for the Bucks, they're currently on a six-game losing streak. Okay, and this dates all, dates all the way back to November third, um, and I think it really has a lot to do with the quarterback position. So let me break it down. Matthew Stafford was injured late in the Lions' loss versus the Raiders in their midseason matchup. Um, they ended up, like I said, losing that game, and it, that loss happened to be the start of the six-game losing streak that they're currently on. So since Stafford's been out, the Lions have been winless. They've also looked to their second and now third stringer due to injuries. They looked marginally better than they do right now, um, you know, with Gator great, Jeff Jeff Driscoll behind center, their second string quarterback. Um, but he injured his hamstring in the Washington game. And so um, David Blau came in, started for the Detroit Lions. And for a half football, for a half football on Thanksgiving, it looked like maybe this could work out. But guys, he's a third stringer. Third stringers are third stringers for a reason. He's um. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm don't, not even. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not don't, done. Don't 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 bash third stringers now, because the old ducky down there in Pittsburgh is having himself a three one game no, streak. Down no, no, that's th- that's more Coach Tomlin. We gotta be. I mean, he he. Oh. No, no, no. I'm serious. I'm serious. I think he deserves uh, a not a look uh, for Coach of the Year. He, what he has been able to do in Pittsburgh is remarkable you know they looked terrible at one point especially with ben being out then look into their second and third string it, that's more of a to me um that's more of a reflection of coach tomlin but anyway i was finishing my thought <laughs> so you know the the third third string quarterback not been great but other areas of the team um that haven't been as injury stricken you know they're running running back we got to think about him both scarborough he's 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 fine he's Usually good for maybe 60, 70 yards a game. You know, he'd take some pressure off the passing game. I think that will shut him down, just like we do everyone else, right? Their O-line, not really a unit to write home about. In their last three games, they've given up 12 sacks. Um, Heard that. Yeah, and I think this is an area that the Bucks could end up dominating in. Um, of course, the Bucks have to be careful with Kenny Galladay. Um, that guy is a beast. You know, he can eat up our corners if we're not careful. Um, and I think finally the one I wanted to point out, and then I'll get, throw it back to you, is uh, the, the person I think we need to be most concerned about and probably the best lion who's not injured is Darius Slay. I, I really like Darius Slay. I, I, I kind of wanted him to be a buck, uh, to be honest with you. He is awesome at the corner position, and if you just go watch some of his highlights Specifically from a couple years ago when he was just really dominating, and then he's been he's been pretty pretty dang good this season. Um, man, he's just really good. And so, with Mike Evans being out, that that I mean, I'm assuming if I'm Matt Patricia, I'm putting Darius Slay on Chris Godwin, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on OJ and Watson and Perriman to step up. So, yeah, I think the Bucks have a really good chance, but that's kind of what we're up against with the Detroit Lions. So basically, we're up against. Uh a sunflower, a tissue, mm-hmm. and paper. Yeah, I think that's that's that about sums <laughs> it up. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want to just 
say it like that, but this is probably the first time in a while that I'm going to say that a Bucks team might walk all over a team. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. But it would be nice to see a Bucks team just walk up to Detroit, knock on the door, be like, hey, we're coming in, and mm-hmm. just like slaughter the Lions and come back home for this holiday season with Lion on the table. <laughs> I'm down for it, man. You know, I I could be a I could be a big game guy. I don't know, man. I feel like I could, you know, I could sport the sport the hat out there in the safari, and we could take down a lion or two. I'm I'm with it. I'm just kidding. I don't advocate <laughs> I, for that. Okay. I I I, th- I think uh, Vita Vea is gonna be hungry this week. I uh, he's been dominating lately, and mm-hmm. I think he's gonna devour some lion this week. I mean, he the man's a beast up the middle, and I think him, Shaq Barrett, uh, Carl Nassib. Uh, all the guys up front, they're, they're going to have themselves fulfilled. I think this is where we're going to have more than six sacks in a game. Mm. I'm, I'm the, my bold, Okay, so I'm going to do a bold prediction here. We're going to have eight sacks this week. Oh, my gosh. I've got it like four or five. That's what's in my notes. So I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to say – It's a bold prediction. I, I'm just saying. It's I'm, a bold prediction. I'm going to say five. You're going to say stinking eight. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Share the wealth. Share okay. the wealth. Hey, listen. If that happens, that's awesome. Okay, I'll be cheering the whole time. But you know, I just I try to be realistic, man. You know, I try to be realistic. Realistic. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Oh, no, okay. All right. Hey. All right. So let's go to our predictions for the game mm-hmm. because um, we're there's not much to talk about of the game because there's not much to look forward to um mm-hmm. because the Lions just stink. Well, and, so, and um, let me give one more quick thing because. You know, if you're a Lions fan, you're you're looking at this team, and maybe you feel like um, a Bucks fan for like a, cu- a couple years ago. You know, when when there was there was like pieces that were talented on the team, but there's no cohesive unit and there's no cohesive team. I didn't. I mean, if Matthew Stafford was healthy, man, that's that's a that's still a dangerous team. I still think the Bucks beat them. You know, you look at their team. You got Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay. You know, you got Bo Scarborough, Scarborough. You got a defense that, eh, you know, not great. But you, you got guys like Darius Slade. They have smattering of talent throughout the team, but they haven't been able to string it together for wins. We've been there as a Bucks team, so I sympathize with that. I do think that the Bucks have kind of got it a little bit more together lately, and um, we've kind of been playing a little bit more as a team, and we do have more talent than they do, and we've been able to put the pieces in the right spot. So. We'll see, um, and I and I guess I just wanted to throw that in there. You know, we don't want to be too down on our opponents because at any point the Bucks could just bucks us. You know, I mean they could they could. Um, so we got we, Johnny uh, Johnny Dean. I completely agree with you. Sorry, Mike. I'm gonna cut you off right there, buddy, because you're talking to the wrong group of people there. If you're talking to Lions fans, because no, I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not, I'm not talking to Lions fans. I'm not. I just don't want us to get. You know, I just feel like I need to knock on wood at this point because you know we're talking about we're gonna come home with Lion for dinner, and, you know, they have some talent, okay, guys? They do. Um, yeah, I think we're going to beat them, but, um, man, you know, they got some talent, okay? We just got to be careful. You know, this isn't the Jags team that we're playing. The Jags are terrible. They're even worse than the Lions, okay? So just got to be you got to be cautious, guys. We have to remember that this is the NFL. Any given time, you know, you could get a team like the Dolphins going off and beating, you know, the Eagles, how does that happen? The Dolphins are terrible. Guys, the NFL is, is unpredictable. So I'm just trying to give some a little bit more on context. On any given Sunday. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right. So your prediction last week, sir, you want to go ahead and tell everyone that I was wrong and you were right? Yeah, I would love to. You know, I, I don't ever mind talking about what should be, you know, kind of an accepted fact at this point, you know, of that, that when Brandon has – kind of a thought, you know, that I, I just, I tend to be right. Like if we're, you know, if we're arguing back and forth, you can just side with me and it'll be okay. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just kidding, of course. Um, yeah, I was right. Um, I did predict the Bucks to win 28-20. Um, but I, I did also say that Vinatieri was going to miss an extra point. So I wasn't, I wasn't very right about that. But uh, Brandon, what was your score prediction? Because... Um, I, uh, listen, listen, listen. It almost happened. It almost happened. It could have happened. There was this game could have gone many different directions. It didn't, but it did go the right way for you. I predicted the Bucks to lose twenty-eight to twenty-seven, and it could have been worse. It just that's could true. have been worse. That's true. I'm just, I, you, I, yeah, that's I true. said it last week. You know, 
I said I wasn't sure how this game was going to be, and I think last week was more of a or this or the this past week's game was more of a statement game than this week's game will because mm-hmm. this week's game and I think someone said it in the comments this this week is going to be a huge statement game. I think that was last week versus mm-hmm. the Colts because mm-hmm. a Colts had a bit of bit of a better record than the Lions or has mm-hmm. a better record and a better team than the Lions do, and we went out dropping, you know turnovers for the basically the Colts we we handed the game over to the Colts and we won the game so this game really could have easily gone to the Colts favor and really kind of just been right for Brandon I'm just saying it could have been been right yeah you know but ifs and buts for candies and nuts then every day would be Christmas to quote the the you know the 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 poet the legend himself Warren Sapp so um, all right. He actually right, did say right. that. But anyway. Um, but the final score was 38-35. If you live underneath a rock and you didn't watch the game, that was the score. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking about this. It was kind of, The game was kind of like, you know, have you ever played basketball with, um, you know, a kid that's like way younger than you? Um, and so. Oh, like, like you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> of course, this analogy doesn't quite work because I would smoke you. So, you know, I mean, like, let's assume you know, that I, I did, I was terrible and you like spot me, you know, like five points and then you came back to just beat me up and then you spot me another five points and then you just came back and dunked on me. Of course, this is all hypothetical, you know, um, but that's kind of what this game felt like to where we just kept handing points. We're like, you want points? You get points. You want, you can have some points. And, um, and then we ended up coming back and winning it. Uh, to be honest with you, Brandon, I was, I felt like sick and, I didn't know which way the game was going to go. I it could have easily gone the other way, but I am glad that we ended up pulling it out. And you were thinking to yourself, "Wow, Brandon might actually be right this week." And just you saying, and you just... were thinking to yourself, "You know, Micah might actually be right this week." But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into our predictions for this week. So I think we are going to eat some lines, but I don't think I think it's going to be a little bit closer score than I originally thought. Um, I put twenty seven twenty four down on paper, but it might be less line side. Um, but I definitely think our front front four, front three, whatever you want to call it, is going to eat some line this week. I really do. I put it out there, bowl prediction, eight sacks. All right, eight sacks. Well, I I agree with you. The Bucks are going to win, um, but I do think the Bucks are going to win handily. I think it's going to be 28-17 uh, in favor of the Bucks. You know, if you look back at the, the Lions' record, they they've struggled – at times with their offense and other times they've been able to string some points together. You know, in this previous game I believe they were down 20 to zero at halftime against the Vikings. So um, I'm not really trusting the lions offense. I kind of just took the, the amount of games they had and kind of some of the points totals and, and kind of just what felt right to me. I think the bucks do still give up a couple touchdowns and a field goal, but I still think that we pretty much control the game from the get go. And, um, and that we come out victorious. So we shall see. We shall see what happens this next week. Hopefully we are podcasting about the fourth Buccaneer win in a row. I am down for it. I'm down for it. All right, let's, so let's get into the news for the week. Uh, we are talking about some big injuries this week. We already talked about them at the beginning of the podcast, but we're going to dive into them a little deeper um, just a second. But I want to talk on the Patriots little scandal real quick because I know it was kind of funny to see that we're also having a second Spygate with the same <laughs> team with the same crew. It to me is just come on man, just get them out of there. Come on. Um, to me, I they haven't really done any like they're still. Uh, they had their owners meeting again. The winner owners meeting today. Um, Goodell came out and said that it's still under review. To me, you got caught. You're busted game over you're gonna get punished heavily i don't know what it could be but they better take care of this right this time because they swept it underneath the rug last time well and give a little bit of a review of what happened if anybody doesn't know okay so if you didn't know so uh what last week was it or the week before during the Bengals uh browns game the browns were allowed allowed the Patriots film crew to film a scout as he was filming for their show uh, Do Your Job which is one of their shows I don't know what show it is I haven't seen it before and they were supposed to be filming a scout but they got caught being in the press box filming or in the media box whatever it was filming the signals of the Bengals sideline who they happened to play this week 
Mm. Now, if you go back and you look at that tape and then you look at the All-22 film, which all the teams get, and we can get, too, if you have the NFL whatever, mm-hmm. NFL pass or whatever, mm-hmm. you can see that tape. You line it up and match it up with the signals and the play, you're starting to see hand-in-hand. Hand. And I mm-hmm. think that's where they got busted because when they interviewed the guy, they're like, oh, well, I was just following this guy. and I, No, you got busted. Mm-hmm. You just – just a minute. You got busted. Yep, and uh, we'll see what the what the verdict ends up being. I do I do think they get penalized. I think, you know, Goodell has shown that he has really no baseline of the different punishments and who gets punished and who doesn't get punished. But I mean, he's hit the Patriots hard in the past. Specifically, I mean, even Tom Brady when there maybe wasn't as much proof as some people thought. I mean, maybe there was. I mean, it just depends on who you ask. But they hit him hard. The, the probably the, the greatest quarterback. And I think the greatest quarterback of all time. He got hit with a four game suspension, right? So, you know, I think that the Patriots yeah. will will end up getting hit with something, whether it's a fine or some sort of. I don't know. It's, you could lose okay. a draft pick, I right? I mean, they're they're garbage this year anyway. I don't mm-hmm. think they might be one and done in the playoffs this year. I mean, they'll be lucky to even get a home game this year in the playoffs. So, I think they're one and done. But that's neither here nor there. Let's just move on to our injuries. I just want to leave that there because, you know, we're we're not the Patriots talk. We're the Beware the Bay podcast for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, so yep. Let's just get that. Let's get get that out of the way. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on. Let's talk about Mike Evans and Jameis's injuries, and then what, how that plays into what the Bucks' strategy should be here at the end of the season. When, do you win games? Do you get healthy for the next season? I want to hear your take first, okay? Uh, and what do you think the Bucks should do with Mike Evans, with Jameis, and then what their outlook should be at the end of the year? So this was before today, before the the you know report came out that he was um, gonna play. Um, this was my initial reaction. We talked about it off the air. My my initial thought was, okay, well the Vikings won, we're out of the playoffs. Um, let's keep him healthy. Um, we know we're going to keep him if, in my opinion, you know, if, if I'm sitting there in the in front office saying, okay, we're going to keep Jameis, um, let's keep him healthy for the 2020 season. Um, let's just bench him. Let's rest his hand because we don't want to, he's already been battered and injured with the ankle injury earlier in the season. Let's just keep him healthy. Um, and my thought was put Ryan Griffin in. I mean, we haven't seen much of Ryan Griffin and he's been with us for six years. I mean, so what more? I mean, if we're going to go out and get another quarterback, which a lot of fans are wanting to do, even after last week's win, get another quarterback, well, you still got to see what you have in Ryan Griffin. So you'll have three games, which a Lions team would be a perfect game. Texans team, probably not so much. Texans, probably going to be a loss for us. I just guessing. It might be a rough game, but that's neither here. It depends on where they're playing at for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Falcons again. So. To me, I I don't want to rush a thumb injury because look at uh, Drew Brees. He rested his thumb injury, and he still came back balling after a month and a half. So that was my initial reaction. Now that he's now that it's come out, you know, he was resting it. You know, it wasn't as bad as initially thought. I still think rush them. I really do. I just my opinion. I don't why why injure something more in next week's game that is really is a meaningless game if you come to think about it regardless of which way it goes because if we lose we just get a better draft position for next year winning does nothing for us honestly i mean mentally it does but game wise it doesn't I i don't know that's just my opinion all right what about mike evans uh, well, I was kind of glad they uh, go ahead and put him on. They put him on IR, if I'm not mistaken, for the rest of the season for his hamstring. Um, same thing, uh, it, but he's a little bit he's one year older than uh, Winston. But at the same time, he's had a nagging hamstring injury throughout the season. This comes to show, and those hamstring injuries are no joke. Mm-hmm. And you talked about it earlier when you pull a hamstring or tear a hamstring. That's going to be nagging you for weeks and weeks, even after the fact, because you're going to go out there running and you're going to think you're going to pull it. Right. You're not going to be running up to 100%. Right. Sit down, rest the leg, yeah. ice up, and just enjoy the rest of the season because you've done your job. You've earned 
honestly a Pro Bowl spot, which you're going to get voted into. You're not going to show up to it because you're injured, which respectively, honestly, if it's not in Hawaii, I wouldn't want to go anyway. (laughs) It's in our own back. It's in our own backyard. So, but that's just my opinion. So then um, with that in mind, with kind of an emphasis on rest and getting healthy, you know, and, and, um, and not necessarily, I don't want to say you're, you're not, you're not devaluing these games here at the end of the season, but you're just saying, well, it doesn't really help us or hurt us. Right. So then what do you think the, that the Bucks mentality should be? Is it, is it, am I hearing what, what you're saying that, you know, just em- emphasizing getting healthy or do you still think that the team should win? Do you think we should tank? What do you think we should do here at the end of the year? No, I, I still think we should win. And I'm not saying we're, we should tank either because we are, we have finally, we talked about it just a little bit ago. We finally changed tide. We finally changed the culture. It's finally going into a winning direction, which we have not seen here in Tampa. And quite some time and this is a first year head coach for us you know quote unquote first year head coach but he's been in the league for so long that this guy has finally brought a culture a crew a team together with Todd Bowles and um uh Brian Leftwich you know I I was just hold on I was just waiting for you to say Brian Leftwich I love it when you say it's it's Byron Leftwich I'm sorry for calling you uh, out but it's just so whatever. funny to me every time I anyway I'm sorry that that might have been a little rude I apologize I, I was just waiting now, you know what you know what you know what that, all right I'm gonna head out you know, <laughs> no 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 it's okay I'm gonna Brandon I'm all sorry right. I'm sorry it's okay he's anyway I I you know I I just think it's funny okay so I hear you I do I I would disagree on well okay I, it was kind of an unfair question about Mike Evans because it's already been done. He's already been rolled out, right? So the real question is, is what do you do with Jameis, right? I I think if he's good to play, he should play. Even if you could rest him, you know, even if you could, you know, get him more healthy going into the offseason, I think these last three games are so critical in solidifying the culture change. Not just saying, okay, yeah, after three, it's only been three games, but we changed our culture. No, it takes more than that. I think it takes, it, it takes really truly saying, hey, we have nothing left to play for but our pride and our brothers, and we're going to do it. And, and you, I, I think that that is contagious into the offseason. The offseason is when you work. You know, whenever I uh, – so I, I was watching uh, the, the highlights of the, the Chiefs and the Patriots game, and I saw Travis Kelsey get thrown the ball, and then he runs up and he takes on one of the – I don't know if it was a corner or who it was, but he just destroys him. And this guy, you know, he just – he really – this corner or safety or whatever really tried his best, but he didn't. And it's because Travis Kelsey has worked really hard to continue to build muscle and to be strong. It's the off season that builds the strength, the mental capacity, the, the, the reps um, to be able to come into the season and execute. So going into the off season, it's critically important that you get your mind right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers came into the 2003 season and for all intents and purposes, it was a hangover season for us. You know, we had won our Super Bowl the first year John Gruden was there, and then we underperformed the next season. I think that um, the the last three games of this season are huge for solidifying BA's culture that he's brought here. He he's been hard nosed, but and and at times we've thought, man, what is he doing? But at no point in the season, how have I ever had the, the thought that he's, you know, kind of the dirt cutter, deer in the headlights? I don't know the answer, right? He always has this quiet confidence and the trust in his guys and in his system that it's going to work. And we've seen wins here at the end of the season. I say we keep winning, and if Jameis can play, we put him out there to try and see if we can rack up as many possible in a row. Going into this next season, I think it'll give us the momentum and and the mentality of we're a changed Buccaneers team. Even if it doesn't necessarily carry on to the next season, we have at least established the tone of what our off season will be, so that's kind of my opinion. And uh, do do you disagree too much on that? No, I don't disagree too much. And I guess if we were playing more teams that were playing for the playoffs, you know, it would be fun to spoil the teams. Mm-hmm. But the only team that's really kind of in a playoff hunt is the Texans, and that's next week's game, and that's going to be one of our tough end of year battles that we're going to have to play. And you know, I think we should win that game, but at the same time. They're playing for a playoff spot. Yeah. So they're going to come in, you know, depending on how this week's game goes too, uh, they're going to come in and try to win. So I think I agree and I disagree. 
it's just it's a hot mess yeah. you know you're talking about you're talking about your the future of the franchise too because you know and we're five years into it now right five years into it now well another he's, another thing to think about is that you're still evaluating Jameis, aren't you i think at this point you've already evaluated him enough to where i mean think about it he's put us in position to go to the playoffs at this point if you really think about it, if the vikings had lost yes yeah, last week we'd still be in the shot to go to the playoffs they won it it was out of our hands that he kept it now he still has the potential to put us above 500 so you know there's that but at the same time he's brought us back from the depths of davy jones locker as a pirate term since we are pirates <laughs> um brought us from the depths of davy jones locker and gave us breath of fresh air into a team that probably would have paper bags on their heads at the end of a season where last year where we were five and 11 right you know so it it's just a toss-up i i really think you know you should keep him healthy because he's had nagging injuries throughout his career as a young quarterback because he's he's not a mobile quarterback but he's been playing as a quarterback right so if he was to get hurt again this week yeah now you're now you're telling yourself now my quarterback who i was gonna pay just got hurt now i'm gonna have to go back go out and spend money to go get another quarterback to back up ryan griffin and for the end of the season it's like you're playing a catch 22 you know so that's that's just my opinion that's a good point you know what and i can see it from your view too so i think that you know probably bucks fans are most likely going to be split as well if we're split and 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 at the end of the day, I mean, really, the only people that matter is, is Bruce Arians and the Glazers, because okay, I'm glad you didn't say Jason Light. And I, no, because <laughs> it, you know he's yeah he has a hand in this, but at the, at the end of the day, I think this is BA's team, and of course the Glazers own the team, and you know the decision that they make, and, and Jason will be a part of this, but the decision they make with Jameis, I think you can separate that from what we do here at the end of the season. Like you said, the bigger thing is is health. So if Jameis does get hurt, man, that, that would really stink because you had the opportunity to shut him down for the season even though it's not really – And I'm, I'm not going to win. I don't want that in, you know, I'm, don't want that injury bug to come right. no, knocking on the door this week. But it's the end of the season. Guys are tired, you know. And there's talks of, you know, ne- next couple seasons where – instead of 16 games going to 17 games and only three preseason games those these players who've been in the league now for five plus years aren't going to want that Mm -hmm. they're already struggling to make it 16 games so you've got to find a way to keep these guys healthy and one of it is to sit a game out and it's kind of like hockey i mean you see a guy set out maybe one or two games throughout the season because oh they're out there and they're putting their bodies on on the line so it's gonna be. It's just gonna be tough to see, especially if the league does go down this road of a seventeen game, three preseason game. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. And you know, to end on a high note, um, I think that the Bucks have been playing their best football as of late, and they have the since November. Since November, absolutely. And and they've they've really outperformed what I thought they could do when they went on the losing streak. When they went on the losing streak, I really, I. I didn't lose faith that we could win games, but I definitely thought I didn't know that we could rebound in the same way that we're doing right now. Um, I've been really impressed with the Bucks, and I'm excited about this week because I think that Bucks fans are going to get treated to a fourth win in a row against the Detroit Lions. It's it's going to be a good one, and I'm excited for it. I know Bucks fans are excited for it, and um, man, you got any got any other things to say before we jump into some uh, fan interaction? No, nah, man, I, I really don't. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be nice to have Lion coming up for the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, bring it <laughs> home, boys, and we'll have some Lion. Instead of ham and turkey, we'll have some Lion for Thanksgiving. Have you not celebrated you know, we'll Thanksgiving? Ha- this, I mean, this is no, an important no, we, question, we, Brandon. Thanksgiving we did, we was did, November. We, we did. We did. We uh, we have two Thanksgiving. Did you miss I mean, it? Come on. Did you miss Thanksgiving? Brandon, no, this is important. No. Okay. No, I did not miss Thanksgiving. I you know, Christmas no. is not in January, right? I need you to know this, Brandon. No, that's two weeks away. Yeah. Literally two weeks from today. I know, but <laughs> two you, weeks missed, from today. you missed Thanksgiving, so I don't want you to miss Christmas, man. No, I missed I missed Thanksgiving last year. <laughs> I was in the hospital last year for Thanksgiving, so I didn't miss Thanksgiving this year. I was... 
All right, that is a wrap on the podcast. As always, a big thank you to Bucks Report that allows us to stream every week on Facebook at their Facebook page. You can find them at Bucks Report. Lots of bonus content, fan interaction on there. Hop on Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Beware the Bay, on Facebook at Beware the Bay Podcast. Thank you again, faithful Bucks fans, for tuning into the podcast. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.